20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Thursday. Happy game day. More importantly, welcome into an all new episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Of course, if you're not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Had to represent my Milwaukee Bucks today. For those of you who are not Wisconsin sports fans and are just Packer fans, uh, you owe me one because there's nothing more that I would like to do right now than just talk about the Damian Lillard trade for the next 30 minutes. But I understand that this is the Pack-A-Day podcast, not the Buck-A-Day podcast, and therefore I will not do that to you. But suffice to say, I am extremely excited about Damian Lillard being a Milwaukee Buck, but that is Wednesday's news. Today is Thursday and it is Packers game day. So we have plenty to tackle and talk about from a Packers Lions side of things. Let's start off right away with the updated injury report for both teams. From Green Bay side of things, we did get a list of players who are officially out for this game. That list of players includes Elton Jenkins, Devondre Campbell, and Zane Anderson. All three of those players did not practice, and we basically hypothesized yesterday that they would not play in this game. If you're like yesterday's practice, or I should say, you know, when you're listening to this, Tuesday's practice was basically like their Friday practice. And if you don't practice on Friday, you usually don't play. Elton, Devondre, and Zane Anderson all didn't practice on Tuesday. So it was fairly safe to assume they probably wouldn't play. You never know on a short week if things could get changed up a little bit, but we got the confirmation. Jenkins, Campbell, and Anderson out. The next one where I said he didn't practice on Tuesday, but you just don't know what that means is David Bakhtiari. He unfortunately is also out in this game. And I know the angst, the frustration, get it. We've gone over it a million times over. Let me just say though, one more time, nobody, nobody is trading for David Bakhtiari. Period. End of story. All right. They are not assuming any risk with him. I know it's just a basically a minimal contract that they would be assuming for this year and no guarantees, but nobody's assuming that. And he would not pass a physical for any team in all likelihood based on his knee. There's just there's just no way if if the Green Bay Packers don't know on a week-to-week basis if he's even going to be able to play, no other team is pining for that same situation. So he is not getting traded. And the other thing I will add one more time is releasing him, cutting him, of like, get rid of him, whatever, does nothing for you. You save zero point zero zero dollars by releasing or cutting David Bakhtiari. Period. So there's no advantage to doing so. If you don't think he can play, you can place him on IR and then make the determination and decision if he can come back at any point this year and you know use that roster spot on somebody else. That makes sense. If you don't think he can play, so be it. But also remember, when David Bakhtiari played in week one, he looked awesome. So if you even get him for one more game this season, it's probably worth it. If it's two, five, 10, even better. Green Bay just doesn't know. David Bakhtiari just doesn't know. You don't know. I don't know. We don't know. So I don't want to go through a whole David Bakhtiari story again. Just know the calls to release him and cut him do no good whatsoever. You don't save any money. If you want to gain a roster spot, then just put him on IR and you can always bring him back if miraculously his knee all of a sudden starts feeling better later in the season. So the release cut stuff is ridiculous and nobody is trading for Bakhtiari the way his knee is right now. Just nobody, period, end of story. 
So there's no great solution. If they don't think you can play, place them on IR, add a roster, you know, open up a roster spot and call up whoever you need to call up. But no other solution actually helps you in any real tangible way at this point. And in fact, if you release him and all of a sudden he's back healthy, now you lost out on one of the best offensive linemen in football just because you wanted to release him because you were upset. It, that's just not how NFL teams think. So it's not going to happen. Stop asking for it. It doesn't make any sense. And if you want to, again, open that spot, just place them on IR and be done with it from there. But nothing else makes sense at this point. And of course, we're all hoping for and wishing for the best for Bakhtiari. I understand everyone's frustration. Totally get it. Not telling you what to do, but the cut stuff, all that stuff, that, that doesn't solve any problems at this point. All right, enough about that. Questionable on the day are Aaron Jones, Zach Tom, Carrington Valentine, Christian Watson, and Jair Alexander. So still five massive updates that we will get on Thursday as to whether or not those players can potentially play in the game. Now, Jordan Schultz is reporting that Christian Watson is slated to play in this game. You know, who else said that? Christian Watson in his, you know, in his interview. So it does sound like any set, barring any setbacks from Watson on game day itself, Christian Watson is set to go in this game. Now, what that means, how many snaps, is it 10, is it 20, is it 30? We don't know, but any Christian Watson is better than zero Christian Watson, and we'll take it at this point. And then Aaron Jones, the prevailing thought seems to be that he is going to play as well. Same thing. We don't know how much. We It's probably going to be limited in some capacity, but there is hope that Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are going to play in this game. As far as Zach Tom, Carrington Valentine, and Jair Alexander, we don't know. And more on that in just a moment, but those are going to be three key ones to keep an eye on as well. So, that's where we're at right now. From a Lions side of things, their fullback, Jason Cabinda, is out. He will not play. Backup offensive tackle, Matt Nelson, he is out. And I swear to God, I end up having to say this name like five times a year for I don't know what reason. I'm not going to go through it, but Big V, their offensive guard, he's got a name with a thousand vowels and even more syllables uh, or more uh, consonants, excuse me. Like it is crazy, but Big V, their starting offensive guard, is out for this game. Look for Graham Glasgow to potentially take his place. They are beat up on the offensive line. Taylor Decker, their starting offensive tackle, is questionable. Jonah Jackson, their starting guard, is questionable. Kirby Joseph, their safety, who almost picked off Aaron Rodgers three times last year, is questionable. David Montgomery is questionable. And Emmanuel Mosley, their corner, are questionable, is questionable. So all of them, all the questionable players were limited in practice and did quote unquote practice in some capacity, or at least were expected to. So that's worth noting. It does sound like their questionable players are probably going to play in this game, but it will be worth monitoring when the inactives come out as well. But Kabinda, Matt Nelson, and Big V will be out for Detroit. Big V, the big one, he is their starting guard and has been playing at a very high level for them. So that will be a loss for the Lions. All right, let's get into my 12 keys for the game, and then we'll go over my prediction. So stick around for that at the end. Number one, and it's going to be this way, at least for the laundry list of items that Green Bay has on their inact- or their injured list right now, is the inactives. Hour and a half before kickoff, we've talked about it all season long, who's in and who's out. We have a better indication in this one from all the players that are listed as out, including Devondre Campbell, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Zane Anderson, but it's the questionable ones that are going to be more important. Now, we mentioned Watson and Jones are expected to play, but the three others will have a massive impact one way or the other. Zach Tom, Jair Alexander, and Carrington Valentine. With Zach Tom, if Tom can't go, we already know Bakhtiari's out. We already know Jenkins is out. Now, 
You're looking at Rashid Walker at left tackle, probably Royce Newman at left guard again, Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and Yash Nyman at right tackle. And you're facing Aiden Hutchinson, we're going to talk about in just a moment here, but having no Bakhtiari already and now potentially no Zach Tom, if he can't go, that would be a really big issue, I think, for this offensive line. This offensive line has great depth and it's incredible that they can roll out a Yash Nyman at right tackle and a Rashid Walker at left tackle, despite both of their starters being out. Royce Newman, who's played you know over a thousand snaps in his rookie season as a starter, that they can roll him out there. Like the depth is impressive so far. And PFF has Green Bay rated as their number one offensive line through the first three weeks of the season, despite Bakhtiari only playing in one game, despite Elton Jenkins playing only in a game and a half. So there's some hope that they could still hold up in some capacity, but no Zach Tom, I think, is going to be a potential big issue if that does come to fruition. Corner, same thing. Eric Stokes is not yet back, and he's not eligible to be back until after this game. But you've got Razul, you've got Keyshawn, and then that other corner is going to play every single down. Keyshawn's only a nickel guy. So your next corner is going to be in base, nickel, dime, playing every single snap. If it's Jair Alexander, you feel really, really good. If it's Carrington Valentine, you feel okay. You're you're more than fine putting out there Valentine and Razul with Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. If it's Corey Valentine or Keandre Thomas, one of the two that they would call up, and I expect Valentine to get called up no matter what. If the other two can't go, then I would expect Keandre Thomas to get called up as well. But if if they can't go, then now all of a sudden one of those guys, Thomas or Valentine, probably Valentine, is playing every single down, and that is a much bigger issue. Valentine, nice player, core special teamer, but if a team has a week to game plan for him and know that he's going to be out there every single snap, that is a very big difference, and they will go after him early and often in this game. So the inactives in this one, specifically the three that we don't have a great feel for, Zach Tom, Jair Alexander, and Carrington Valentine, are going to have a big impact as to whether or not, you know, if they're in or out, it's going to have a massive impact on the game. So that is number one on my list. Number two is Jared Goff, and more specifically, getting Jared Goff off of his spot. This is another one like Derek Carr a week ago, like, you know, Kirk Cousins when they play the Vikings, Jared Goff when they play the Lions. If you let him sit in the pocket and have all day to throw, he becomes a you know cold-hearted assassin. Like you cannot let him sit in the pocket, have all day and survey the field. He's an accurate thrower when he can sit in the pocket and survey the field, an extremely accurate thrower. This offense is set up for Jared Goff. They do a really good job manipulating defenses and getting wide open wide receivers. So if he has all day to throw, he can beat you in a hurry. And we've seen that as of late. Green Bay has lost three straight to Detroit. So it's not like the offense played amazing, but Goff will beat you if given time. So you've got to find a way to get him off the spot. It doesn't necessarily just mean sacks, but pressures that they like he's having to move around and buy time. And if it's very similar to what we talked about with Derek Carr last week, if he can just five-step drop and survey the field and get the ball out in, in space, like he's going to, meaning to his receivers with room to run, it's going to be a massive problem. But if you can move him around, advantage Green Bay, this is going to be a big game for this Packers front. Specifically, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kingsley and Igbari, Devontae Wyatt, Carl Brooks, like all those guys, Colby Wooden, TJ Slayton. This is a good Lions offensive line. They're beat up. 
And, you know, I think you have to attack Graham Glasgow or whoever they end up putting in that spot. Again, I expect it to be Glasgow. So you get, there's some weak spots that you can attack, but man, Decker and um, Sewell are really, really good tackles. You know, we could see some um, Penny Sewell versus Rashawn Gary, which could be really, really fun if we get to see it. But Green Bay has to find a way to get to the quarterback, move him off his spot and just make him feel uncomfortable. Comfortable Jared Goff, really, really good quarterback. Uncomfortable Jared Goff, extremely pedestrian quarterback. That's the difference. And like, you want to know the difference in this game? It's the difference between really good Jared Goff and really bad Jared Goff. And that difference comes down to getting him off his spot. So that is number two on my list. And like I said, extremely important for edge defenders and interior defensive linemen to get that pressure on him so that he never gains that level of comfortability. Number three, Aiden Hutchinson. Two sacks in week 18 last year when the Lions eliminated the Packers from the playoffs. He is even better in 2023 than he was in 2022. He seemingly is gaining confidence by the week, and he is a pain to have to go against. You feel better about it if it's Rashid Walker and Zach Tom. If it's Yash Nyman, things get a lot more complicated, and that's probably a situation where you need to help early, help often, and help just a lot throughout the course of the game which takes you, I'm sure, out of a lot of the stuff that you would like to do. You don't want to subject Jordan Love to a bunch of hits. You don't want to make it so that he has to get rid of the ball really quick. You want to make sure he is blocked up and accounted for. The great news for Green Bay is Detroit doesn't have a ton of other pass rush options on this team. It's not exactly boomer bust with just Aiden Hutchinson, but he's the guy you have to control. He's the guy you have to account for and make sure that you know where he's at at all times. But the thing is, is it's not quite that simple. He'll right, line up on the left side, the right side, on the interior. They'll get matchups for him versus Royce Newman, I am sure. They'll get matchups for him versus Rashid Walker, Yash Nyman if he's in there. And they're going to find the best one and they're going to keep attacking it. So keep an eye out for him. He is going to have an impact in this game, I am sure, for Detroit. And Green Bay has to minimal or minimize that as much as humanly possible. Number four is one of these ones that sounds really cool, but it's not super realistic, but let's go over it anyway. That's Luke Musgrave versus Sam Laporta. It's not realistic because they're never going to be on, maybe they could get on a special team snap or something, but it's not like they're going to be covering each other or playing against each other on the field at the same time. They're both on offense and they're not going to see each other outside of maybe a handshake after the game. The reason it's fun to talk about is because both of them are extremely talented tight ends. Both of them were taken in the second round of this year's draft, and both of them are potentially you know, in line for really big games against the opponent. Luke Musgrave, I think we've all been waiting for that big breakout Luke Musgrave game. The Lions have been abysmal against tight ends this year. So advantage Luke Musgrave in that one. Meanwhile, Sam Laporta has been an all-around tight end. He's a really good blocker. He's a already a very nuanced pass catcher. He has been as advertised coming out of the University of Iowa. It felt weird for Detroit because they traded away TJ Hawkinson just to draft a replacement in the second round that also came from Iowa. And if you're comparing apples to apples of Laporta coming out of Iowa to Hawkinson coming out of Iowa, I think just about everyone would have taken Hawkinson. But you can make an argument that Laporta through the first few games of his career was better than Hawkinson through the first few games of his career if you're comparing those two things. So Laporte is a extremely talented tight end. You have to be cognizant of where he is and you can, you need to make sure that he is accounted for and he's not leaking out and they're going to try to get him in space and making some plays. Green Bay's got to make sure that they don't let that happen. 
The same goes for Detroit with Luke Musgrave. These are two ultra-talented tight ends. I think both teams are going to try to target them early and often, and the tight end that has the better game could really give the advantage to their specific team. So you guys really need to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. Pizza is the ultimate game day food. There is no question about it. If there's one thing that rivals my love for the Green Bay Packers and my love of football, it's my love of pizza. And right now you can actually order online during their pizza pizza pregame. It's one hour before NFL games and you can get ready for football, fun, choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings that you crave. Me, this is going to sound weird. I know because you know uh, my pickiness with food. I love mushroom and onion. That is my absolute favorite pizza. I know it's probably not everyone else's. And of course, you know you love my food takes, but I love mushroom and onion pizza. I love it from Little Caesars. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone's going to score with convenient delivery. They also have their in-store pizza portal. So you can pick up, you can grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Trust me, you're going to love it. And, And if I have to recommend one thing for sure, have to get the crazy bread. The crazy bread is an absolute must. Enjoy it. Enjoy your game day and enjoy it more with Little Caesars. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean shaven look, but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? I know you are. That's why we've partnered with Manscaped. The brand for below the waist is coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir. Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new handyman electric face shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use code PACKADAY for 20% off and free shipping. You may have noticed my recently cleanly shaved face over on the YouTube channel, and that perfect shave was brought to you by Manscaped's Handyman. The best part is I was able to get the exact shave I wanted without any of the usual mess of traditional shavers. I've also used their signature Beard Hedger, which is a juggernaut of fixing faces. You can trim your beard to 20 different lengths all in one guard, so using this thing is amazing and basically it's perfect. No matter what tool you use, you can't go wrong with Manscaped's line of products. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACK a day at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. That's P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y, no hyphens. Hit that refresh button with the handyman. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing, and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Number five is who matches up with Amon Ross St. Brown. This guy is like, we in basketball, go Bucks. we talk about like a guy being a bucket. 
Like, and that just means like he can get a basket at any time. Amon Ross St. Brown is a bucket. He can get a catch at almost any time. Like he catches like what, eight to 10 passes seemingly every single freaking game. If you've got your full complement of corners, Razul and Jair and Keyshawn in the slot, you feel pretty good. You can move Jair around, maybe match him up with Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit. But if Jair maybe isn't quite healthy enough or can't play a full complement of snaps or just is inactive, that complicates matters. Now you probably don't have quite as much of a matchup sort of situation. You probably just let Valentine play his side, Nixon play in the slot, and Razul plays his side. You feel okay, but you would love Jair in there and matching up with Amon Ra a little bit more. And then the other thing is if both Jair is out in this one and you end up with Carrington Valentine out, then in that situation, you're a little bit more at Detroit's mercy and they can pick on you more. And that's a potential problem. And again, Corey Ballantyne had a couple of nice plays against the Saints, and I'm sure he'll be up to the challenge as much as possible. But now you've got a weakness and the, the Lions and Ben Johnson, they're going to attack that over and over and over if they have the opportunity to. So who matches up with Amon Ross St. Brown going to be a big one to watch in this game. Number six is an important matchup for this game but it's also one I highlight every single time the Packers play the Lions. If you've been a listener in the past, you may already know where I'm going with this. Kenny Clark versus Frank Ragnow. Power on power, strength on strength, talent on talent. This is just one of those matchups where the next day when the All-22 comes out, you're you know so excited about the potential of watching those two behemoths just go at each other. It's literally like just two Rams just butting heads throughout the entire course of the game. I'm sure Clark's going to win some snaps. I'm sure Ragnow's going to win some snaps, but the player here who gets the better of the other one is going to have a huge advantage for their team. Their team's going to be at a huge advantage, but just besides all that, take a couple minutes just to watch if those two are going against each other and just watch them because they're both phenomenal at their craft. They've both been doing it for a really long time. They're both familiar with each other's games from playing against each other for so long in the NFC North. It's an amazing matchup and one that you're going to want to take your eye off the ball a little bit and just watch it for the sake of watching it. Number seven is this Packers run game. It has been brutal through three games. The assignments, the attention to detail, the lack of power, the lack of intensity. It's just been bad all the way around. I don't think Green Bay can survive like that throughout the course of the season and against better teams specifically. You can smoke and mirror your way to some stuff and play action your way to some stuff, even when the running game is not working. But at some point, teams are going to become a little bit more aware. They're not going to buy into your play action as much. They're not going to buy into your bootlegs. They're just going to come after the quarterback and it becomes a much bigger issue. You also don't want everything to just be on Jordan Love's plate. You don't want him to have to go out and throw 50 times a game. You want to be able to establish the run and be a balanced football team, especially when you have a younger quarterback. That hasn't been the case. Jordan Love's had to basically do a ton of the heavy lifting because the running game hasn't been able to get going. But the other thing here is you want to say that, but at the same token, you can't just be handing the ball off over and over and getting one yard, negative three yards, two yards, three yards, negative two, negative one, zero, 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 whatever the case may be. If you're running into a brick wall, you're not doing anyone any service by just keeping doing it for the sake of doing it. So you really need to figure out a way to run the ball, but you also need to make sure you're not just doing it because you think you're supposed to. And Matt's pretty good at that. If anything, he maybe gets away from the run a little too early sometimes, but Jordan's going to have to have a game in this one because this is a really tough Lions run defense. 
Green Bay's been a horrid run offense. And if that doesn't change, if that stays the same for both sides, Green Bay's not going to be able to run and that becomes a much different game for the Packers and Jordan Love. Number eight is handling the emotions of last Sunday on this Thursday. What can happen is you've got the crazy come from behind win. Everyone's super pumped in the locker room. Everyone's going crazy and you have that emotional high and then you come out the next game and it's just hard to replicate and you're a little bit flat and so on and so forth. So Green Bay is going to have to come out, put that game behind them from last week and just focus on this one and try not to get too emotional, just like be emotionally drained from last week. Sometimes that's easier said than done but they're going to have to handle that emotion and make sure they come out ready to play. Now, what I will say is Rashawn Gary, first interview in the press conferences last week, he came out and said, we're going to celebrate for an hour and get back to work. And that was sort of the theme for the Packers. You get an hour to celebrate and then it's back to work. That's this team for you. They care about the game. They care about ball. They're going to be prepared, but they have to handle all of the positive emotions from last week and making sure that there's no hangover from that big sort of celebration come from behind win in week three. Number nine, the Packers have to start eliminating these self-inflicted wounds and just being a better, more consistent football team. We knew that this was going to be a volatile team with all the youth and inexperience on this team, but it's time to start playing a little bit more sound fundamentally. That goes with attention to detail from a technical standpoint. That might make sure that you're not holding, that you're keeping your cool, that you're not doing stupid stuff like throwing running backs to the ground well after the play when you're a veteran player, Kenny Clark. Like those are the things that just like they kill you. The game management stuff, like the two minute warning in week one, the missed field goal opportunity because of the delay a game in week two, those things cannot happen. So you want to see a team that's not hung over from the emotional last week. Um, you want to see a team that's not having the self-inflicted wounds and you want to see a team that's playing with a little bit more consistency. Number 10, you can't allow the home run to Jameer Gibbs. He is a ultra fast, ultra talented running back. You need to make sure that he doesn't have a Bijan Robinson sort of day and make sure that he doesn't have those home run hits. I think you can survive against Gibbs with him running the football inside and you're going to be able to maybe do a little bit more against him than I think maybe a Bijan Robinson. But if he gets any sort of space, he is gone. So you got to make sure that you eliminate that home run and make that Lions offense go the length of the field. At number 11, I think they need a spark from Keyshawn Nixon in this one. And I'm not saying as a wide receiver on an end around, I'm saying as a returner. I think Jaden Reed can stay as punt returner, but I would love to see Keyshawn Nixon get that big return. Maybe he doesn't have to house it, but can he get it to you know plus territory into the Lions side of the field that just sets up Jordan Love in the offense for maybe some easy points. That would be ideal. I think we haven't seen quite the dynamic, explosive Keyshawn Nixon this year as a returner that we saw last year. This would be a great week to get it back. I'm sure Rich Passaccia was foaming at the mouth knowing that they gave up a big punt return for a touchdown last week. I'm sure he would love nothing more than to get it back with a touchdown for Keyshawn Nixon this week. They could use that spark and it will be something that I'm watching for with the special teams and Keyshawn Nixon. Last but not least, number 12, Primetime Jordan Love. We don't know what primetime Jordan Love looks like really so far. They've played a couple of, you know what, noon games uh, for Green Bay so far, going with the, where Bears, I guess, was the 330, and then noon game against the Falcons, noon game against the Saints, but we haven't seen primetime Jordan Love. And you might be thinking, what about the Chiefs game when he started that? I thought that was a night game too, but it was actually a 330 CBS, I think, game, or it was the, the game of the week or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, we need to see a what primetime Jordan Love looks like, but more importantly, 
I think this has the opportunity. We keep talking about like, oh, Jordan Love's having a breakout game. He's had like three breakout games or at least breakout moments so far in each of these games. This is a primetime game. Everyone's watching Thursday Night Football. Introduce yourself to the world, Jordan Love. Show what you're capable of. Go out and beat Detroit. I think we could see, and maybe not need to see, but I think we could see maybe the best version of Jordan Love that we've seen so far. I think there's going to be some opportunities to attack this Lions defense. You get hopefully Christian Watson and Aaron Jones back. Hopefully Zach Tom could play. I think we could see maybe a little bit more consistency out of Jordan Love in the best version of what we've seen from him so far. All right. So, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers last year against the Lions, 40 of 70, 496 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and should have had more picks if Joseph hadn't dropped two of the other ones that Aaron threw his way. So this was a poor performance from Aaron last year, two of the worst games that you will see him play. And Green Bay was still competitive in both of those games. So if Jordan Love can play better than the two touchdown, four interception performance from Rodgers the last two games, I think that Green Bay has a real legitimate chance to be the better offense and maybe the better team this time around as Detroit comes to Green Bay. All right, my prediction for this one, I'm 3-0 on predictions so far. I expected them to beat the Bears said they'd lose to the Falcons, said they would beat the Saints. It is time for that streak to come to an end, hopefully, because I am picking the Lions in this one. I'm going to say Lions 23-20. I think the Lions are just a little bit more figured out, mature as a football team. I don't mean like an actual maturity, but just like they've seen a little bit more. They're a little bit more experienced. I'm going to go Lions in this one. I could see this going a million different directions. I think Green Bay will have a real opportunity to win this game. I don't think Detroit's just like this juggernaut powerhouse that Green Bay can't beat. I think this is going to be a competitive game and it is time for me to be wrong. I usually don't do very well in my predictions. I'll be the first one to tell you that. So the fact that I'm 3-0 and so far tells you that I'm due to get one wrong. This would be a great time to get one wrong. I'm going 23-20 Lions and hoping like heck that I am wrong on that prediction. All right, really quick, welcome to Zach Attack as a new Pro Bowl member to the Packaday podcast. Also, Donald Lee, Hall of Fame member. Thank you so much for doing that, my man. I'm hoping, assuming that you are a former Packers great tight end, Donald Lee. I'm sure that's not the case, but that would be awesome to think so. So don't tell me otherwise. I'm just going to assume that you are the former Packers tight end, Donald Lee. But that brings our uh, updated Hall of Fame and All Pro list to most hated Minnesotan. PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Broadad, Arnaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, and Donald Lee. If you've not yet considered becoming a member, now is a great time to do it. You get an extra episode every single week, commercial free. This week I talked about AJ Dillon and the struggles that he is having and why he's having those struggles. You also get an additional members only Q&A every week. This one is going to be today on Thursday, 4 p.m. Central Time prior to kickoff, members only. You get to ask a ton of questions. Um, so yeah, super excited about that. If you are a, um, pro bowl, all pro or hall of fame member, you will have access to that members only Q and a. So sign up right now. You won't be disappointed. I'll do everything in my power to make it worth your while. That's going to do it for me today. Make sure to check out those memberships, subscribe if you haven't already. And most importantly, enjoy the heck out of Packers lions. I will see you guys here tomorrow to break everything down, but until next time, and as always go Pack go. (laughs) 